This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Ovation Bistro and Bar. Let me tell you, there's no better place down near Pawson Park to eat than Ovation Bistro and Bar. They've got two large screen HD TVs and also they've got spacious, comfortable, cushioned seating. And also they have an amazing bar area. And speaking of their bar, don't forget they have got an all day happy hour with two for one wines, two for one wells, and two for one Bud Light and Miller Light draft. And if you tell them that the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you, you can either get a free Bud or Miller Light draft, or you can get a free house wine. Johnny, how do they find Ovation Bistro and Bar? They can find them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Ovation Bistro. And don't forget, a reservation's available upon request. Give them a call at 863-354-6967. And remember to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and of course, I got my main man Deuce. What is going on, man? Hey, man! And of course, uh, every episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with a patented Deuce salute. Yes, sir. So Deuce is gonna help me out here. Yes, sir. Good times. <laughs> cheers for everyone at home. Your waters, whatever beverage you're drinking. <laughs> cheers, to everyone. And of course, you might hear a little laugh in the background. Uh, we love to have special guests with us at the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We do, and I'm very, very excited about this one. We have the amazing Guinevere with us. The What would you call your position? I don't like the word second place. I like runner Deuce up. already dropped the deuce already. Yeah. It's Genevieve. I did? did I say it wrong <laughs> yeah, already? Yeah, it's Genevieve. Yeah. You jinxed me. You jinxed me is what you did. I specifically said not to yeah. no, no Guinevieve. Yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, Genevieve. Genevieve Pearson from season yeah. one of King of the Nerds. You actually, Correct. you yeah. were like second place, if I'm not she mistaken, was. right? I, I was second place. I, I like the term Duchess. Duchess. Ooh. Oh, I like that. That's nice. Okay, I also accept runner-up. Yeah. I just, I, I just hate second place. Don't, don't call me what my mama called me, which is first loser. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, for mom? She didn't actually do <laughs> that. That's horrible. <laughs> no, no, I'm just teasing. She didn't do that. She just calls, you know, my family has a thing where it's like Pearsons are steady seconds. So then afterwards, they're like, well, we're not surprised. You are a Pearson after all. Steady second <laughs> I, You know, it's funny. I, like, I, I, I'm going to be straight up and honest because, like, I told the other the other cast as well because we, we, had, we had the opportunity to interview a lot of the cast uh, from season three. Pretty much all of season Almost three. Almost all of season like three. Two. There's, a, like, two or three we missed, and uh, we got to interview Kayla LaFrance, the season two winner, <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like it's one big family. It's really, really cool, and, like, I, I hadn't watched season one or two, and, and Deuce goes, hey, you got to check out this show called King of the Nerds on TBS. I'm like, all right. And I didn't, at the time, I, you know, I didn't have cable, and I'm like, all right. And he goes, no, no, they'll put them online and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, cool. And he goes, well, if you have to, I have DVR all the episodes. You can come over to my house and watch them. I'm like, all right, sweet. So I started watching, and I was like, dude, this is really cool. Because, like, I, like, the only thing I thought of when I thought of reality TV, you know, I think of Survivor, or I think of, you know, Jersey Shore, stuff like that. Like, I didn't really know. You know, I'd heard of some other shows trying out uh, reality programs uh, in the mm-hmm. nerd culture, but, like, I never really, you know, gravitated towards it. But once King of Nerds came out, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And I, and I was, first of all, not to pander here, but I was blown away by, like, all of the, like, awesome, like, nerd challenges and stuff. And I think you have something to do with that, huh? Oh, the, 
that is true. So uh, after season one, because I did well on the challenges, they brought me back to work on a think tank to help kind of brainstorm new challenges. And from there, I actually got hired onto the show as part of the challenge team. And then I've been working my way up ever since. So I was associate producer and I kind of handled the logistics of all the nerd wars in season three and helped do a lot of the development and coming up with the challenges for season two and three. So walk so me through exciting. this because I yes. think this is like the most amazing thing in the world. Like, <laughs> how, how does your day start? Do, is it like you and like five other people in a room and you just like spitball and like throw things against the wall to figure out like what'll work? Or like, do you have a, well, like, where does this come from? No, that is actually very, so what happens is about, you know, two months before production, when we know we're getting gearing up, well, uh, the development team will kind of sit in a room and we'll spitball ideas and we'll come up with like, what's cool right now? What's fun? What are some great games and what we did last year is we generated something like over 50 challenges wow. and then we take it to my bosses who are the executive producers and they show run it and we literally have a 10-hour meeting Whoa. so from the beginning of the day till the end of the day where we pitch all of the challenges and they say yes we like it no we don't like it or yes we like it let's change this i don't want it to be about pac-man i want it to be about donkey kong or something right. like that and so then from there they usually cut out all but 20 wow. <laughs> and then from there it gets narrowed down again and again so and of course they have their own ideas and they have some challenges they want to do so well, it's crazy what was one that you you were so sad to see not make it to the final cutting board well i, I can't Tell you because it might happen if oh, we have another season. Okay, well, that's, sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good to know. Sometimes because... challenges that get so there were challenges that got nixed for season two, but that we were able to bring back, like Rube Goldberg, yeah. was something they'd wanted to do for season one and two, and they could never figure out how to make it work. So for season three, we finally got it to work. Gotcha, gotcha. And, okay. But I will tell you one that almost got cut. Okay. was murder at nirvana it was always an alternate challenge wow so it was always like well we don't really know how this is gonna work but genevieve's pretty confident in it so we'll keep it in the maybe pile right. and so it just got stuck in the maybe pile until right before we went into shooting and then another challenge dropped out and they're like uh murder at nirvana sure <laughs> <laughs> And see, that was one of the challenges I liked because it was really, really fun and interesting, and it kind of had that CSI twist to it. It did, yeah. Like it was, it turned out really, really good on TV. Like, so I mean, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Like, I loved yeah. it. It was one of my favorites. So that that makes me really happy because that was what my producers were worried about. They're, we don't know how this is gonna take. It was awesome. Trust on me. TV. Trust me. Yeah, like it, it looked really, really good, and it was something I could follow along because every once mm -hmm. in a while, there's a challenge where I don't. I'm not saying I'm dumb, but I'm not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed. So sometimes I can't follow everything along the way I'm probably supposed to. But that one I got. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, they're, they're putting the dust on it, and they can see the fingerprint. And I was like, I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, like, it, yeah, I mean, it gives you that whole, like, you know, because I don't know with season three, like, I, I do you know of TBS uh, when they were doing their advertising or anything? Because I know with – with the other seasons, they didn't do as much of the uh, season one got promos like a little. And stuff. Season two right. got like nothing, and right. then season three got a lot of promos. Season three which is had awesome. a ton of promos yeah. for each of the cast and stuff, so I felt like they kind of elevated the show. And this is also, and, and I want to get your thoughts on this. This is the first season where uh, you didn't get to pick your team, and I think that had a different dynamic to the show. Yeah. Okay, so my thoughts on team picking, right? Yeah, yeah. I was really happy about that. Because I always felt 
team picking. I, I I got it for the first season, but then for the second season, it's still there's still that element of the popularity contest. So like once you didn't have yeah. the twist, yeah. the twist no longer played into the show. And so yeah. does te- is their team picking really relevant? So I think it was really good that the producers decided to take it out this season. And I think it allowed for more balanced gameplay. Like if you watched the other two seasons were kind of lopsided from the gate. And the reasoning is, I think when you have teams, okay. So when a bunch of people meet each other for the first time, I think extroverts are going to naturally gravitate towards one another and introverts are going to naturally gravitate towards one another. So then who's going to do better at the performance challenges? Extroverts. So I always think that the natural, the way that it wasn't necessarily bad, but just the way the challenges worked out and the personalities worked out, it made for kind of lopsided nerd wars to begin with because they're usually performance-based. Also, also it kind of makes for lopsided TV because you got to look at it from a producer's point of view. If all the (laughs) introverts are together, you're not going to get as good action (laughs) as when they're mixed in with a couple extroverts. You kind of got to mix it up and – when I saw that you picked the teams because I'm a re- somewhat reality show junkie, I'm like, oh, yeah, they read all the psych profiles and they put everything together because I, I, I see myself in the producer's chairs like the mad scientist going like, oh, he is definitely going to fall in love with her and these two guys are going to hate each other. I'm definitely putting them on a team. Like, you know, you do it just by psych profiles and just by, yeah. like, the interviews. Like, you make the perfect – it's kind of like making the – the fantasy comic book team, if you will. You take your favorite yeah. X-Men and you take your, your favorite, you know, Fantastic Fours characters and Spider-Man and you pick your teams because you know what they're going to do because yeah. you got a <laughs> profile. It's true. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, like, I when I – and the one thing I thought as well because, you know, we, we had the opportunity to interview several of the cast who we like – we call friends now. Like, we actually – Friends? We, two of them stayed at my yeah, house for the yeah. weekend. Do, do you know the story? Do you know the story about them coming no. over? Dude, tell us the story real quick. Okay, so real quick, Rich, Rochelle came on the show, and we were telling her about Megacom, which is this local comic book convention here in town in Orlando, and it's, like, the fifth biggest in the world, right? Right, fifth biggest convention in the United States, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, hey, you ought to come down for Megacon. Uh, if you get down here, I will, you know, feed you guys, put you up, drive you around, thinking there's no way this is going to happen. No way. And she's like, yeah, we'll totally do that. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's, it's yeah. podcast land. People say stuff all the time like, oh, yeah, totally. And it's it's, it's got to be a lot like Hollywood where people are like, yeah, we're totally going to do that. And yeah. it's like, no, that's not going to happen. Our talk to your people. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so literally uh, three weeks later, I'm at my Bible study, and I get a call from her, and she's like, hey, by the way, yeah, we're really coming. And, like, we got our plane tickets and this and that. And I'm like, holy crap. So her and – her Ori. boyfriend yeah. and two of her friends, right. and then Ori and his girlfriend right. came down, <laughs> and they spent all of Mega. They spent like a four day. So you had a me. full house. You had a full house. Yeah, I had everybody. Yeah, there was a ton well, of people. You know, for her credit, she went on to the to our group and she invited everybody. And a lot of us, like I wanted to come and everything, but not all of us could travel to Florida. Perhaps luckily for you, because yeah. I don't know what you would have done with like 30 nerds. Well, I've got a pretty big house and I'm single <laughs> yeah. and I live by myself. So I've got tons of okay. room. So that's a good thing. <laughs> but uh, they had a great time. I, I fed them. My mom actually came over some and helped cook. And uh, we, we had an awesome time. So next year, we need to try and make it happen and make maybe a King of the Nerds reunion here in Orlando happen. Can we go Can we go to Disney World? Are you really tired of Disney World? I've never no, been to no, Disney World. No, just do it. Yeah, <laughs> it, was so, it was so funny. Like, they wanted to go to Universal, but because of some things that happened, 
they weren't able to go because they were going to go on Monday, but they had to leave like Sunday night. And I said, well, if you guys don't want to go to the con Sunday, we'll go on Sunday. And they're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, don't act like my, you know, MasterCard can't cover this. Like, if you guys want to go to Universal, we'll make this happen. So, but we ended up not going because we, we had a cookout and did some other stuff. We went swimming. We had a good time. Well, but. we actually did a four episodes. We recorded four episodes with them as the whole crew. It was there. So, definitely go back and check those out. Like, and people online listening, you know, yes. check those out because they were some hilarious topics oh yeah they got wild they got wild because they you got know, wild everyone was ha- having a little happy hour with them and they were uh... that, that was like a happy six hours is the problem <laughs> hey, so here's a question for you guys okay. who do you think is wilder team orange from season one so sfo you might remember muji gang danielle party oh down, yeah yeah i do or season three Oh, like if they had a three. party contest, yeah. if it's a party contest, think it's, it's season three, in my opinion, yeah. just because yeah. man, they are they are down with the get down. Like between <laughs> Rochelle and Amanda and Heather will put them down too. Yep. Uh, like all like all the girls will step up to the plate hardcore, and then you've got some of the guys that'll get up on it too. And it's like none of them are, are will back down from a drink. Like they'll all drink <laughs> and party. Uh, and every once in a while, a good fight will break out, like we talk about with our good friend Todd the Bod. Yep. Yeah, we went on a six-episode rant on yep. him because I was just like, dude, okay. And, and I'll, I'll give you a very short version of the story. Todd the Bod came on the week before the, the big fight. And I told him, I was like, hey, you know, I really like you. You seem like a good dude, yada, yada, yada. Then the fight breaks out. Well, I'm a, big country, I'm a big country boy from Polk County, and the one thing you don't call a woman in front of me is the B word. And I was like, Oh, hell no. Like, after that, I was like, I don't know why somebody didn't get involved. I don't know why somebody didn't take him outside. And everybody we talked to, like Dr. Ben Tully, he was like, the reason I didn't take him outside is, do you see how big he was? It would take it like four of me to get him outside. He's like, you're a lot bigger and taller than I am. You probably could have taken him, but I, I couldn't. I thought Rochelle handled it pretty well. Well, she did. And Rochelle's a sweetheart. And I've got to say, mm-hmm. just because it happened on our trip, too, Rochelle even calmed me down once or twice. Like Rochelle's got like the magic touch. I don't know what it is, but she can she can calm people down. It's just the way she is. Yeah, and the whole point of all this is like that's what that's what surprised us. It was very surreal having them come down and hang out with us. It was a family. Yeah, and it's like a big family. And I feel and they said that to us like you know this is what's so special about this show is like we're all it's like a huge extended family. Everyone everyone Mm -hmm. supports everybody. Everyone cares about everybody. Like it's all legitimate. Even like when we were interviewing Heather. Yeah. uh, Todd like. She got. Uh, I guess they were t- Todd and Heather were talking like you know, hey, yeah. they're you know, uh, they're we're besties and all this stuff and everything like that. Yeah. And it, it was really really cool because like I, I, it's it's still surreal for me to think about that because yeah. like we, now we we have lifelong friends with them and, and it's amazing to me because cause it, like, that was what I was telling Deuce when they came down. I was like, you guys are my people. Like I don't have to be I don't have to be anyone different. Like yeah. you know, Genevieve, you're you're like my people. Like you, you we're talking to you and you know who yeah. we are. You know yeah. you you know what I mean. Like we come from. We you all, know the nerd struggle. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's real. <laughs> it, the you nerd know? struggle is real. Yeah. Cause it, it's just we're, we're who we are and you know and I that's why I love going to conventions and that's why I love cosplaying is because like that's. You, you get to be a celebrity for a day. You get to go out and be like, hey, I'm going to dress up as, you know, Tony Stark or Iron Man. And you get, you feel good because a lot of people, are, a lot of people are introverted, right? And it makes them feel mm-hmm. for a day they could feel like someone totally different and they can be, yeah. you know, looked up to and uplifted. And it's an awesome euphoric experience you get when you, you get to go and meet people that love what you do, you know? Yeah. It's, I think the best thing is when I went to WonderCon and I had little girls coming up and their parents and telling me how, 
it was okay. They thought, you know, I helped them feel okay about being a nerd and being who they are. And that just made me so incredibly happy, you know, because I wish I'd had somebody when I was that age, you know, I didn't really feel like there was any nerd role model until Allison Hannigan from Buffy, you know, there wasn't, there weren't girl nerds on TV or anything. So that's another thing that I think is awesome, but it's such a great family. Like I was just, <laughs> I was just at, uh, Ivan's baby shower for him because wow. he's happy. <laughs> it was so surreal because it's not, you know, we all, <laughs> we met on a show two, two years ago, like Mujigay's marrying my um, husband's college, best friend from college. You know, all of these like little connections that would have never happened without the show. show. So you funny. don't see the real housewives doing this kind of stuff. No, no, no. You, don't, you don't think that they're hanging out afterwards. And I mean, I'm no. sure they go to each other's baby showers, but they probably pick a fight. It's not. Like- right. It's probably because they're paid <laughs> and the cameras are rolling. But you guys True. are like legitimate yeah. friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I, I felt about the show from the beginning and what drew me. Because when the show first started, like for your season, when they start, first started rolling out the ads, I'm like. I don't know about this man because at first, like in my gut, I'm like, it's scary. It's scary because I'm like, they could be doing this and they're just gonna bag on us. Like they're just gonna make mm-hmm. fun of nerds all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I watched. Like Beauty and the Geek. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. I love Beauty and the Geek, by the way. I no. love that show. <laughs> and I think it's only because the second season finally one of the geeks hooked up with one of the beauties. And I was like, yeah. yes, you take one for the team, <laughs> sir. So. But, yeah, it was like, I'm like, okay, are they going to bag on us? Like, what's going to happen? And then I watched the first couple episodes of you guys' season, and I was like, this is my new favorite show. I must watch every episode. <laughs> like, and I did, and I watched, like, every episode religiously as it aired. I even was stupid enough to, like, go to every single sponsor. Like, if it was, like, Tide sponsored something, well, I guess I'm a Tide guy now. Like, you know, it was, like, any way I could help the show, I tried to because I know pizza, they monitor pizza. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah pizza, oh, my pizza. God. I bought so many five dollar hot readies for my (laughs) office my office girls are like no if you're buying us little caesars no like buy something else you do it like three times a week yeah like we're over it so yeah but i mean so what's your favorite what's your favorite season one moment then i gotta say one of my favorites and you're gonna hate this is when you lost just because it's the most gifable moment ever like because the the look which loss when I lost the show? When you, when you lost like the whole show because I can't I, I can't even do it properly. But you kind of looked up and your eyes kept blinking and you were like like you were just so shocked <laughs> because you thought you had it in the bag and I was no like, I do yeah, I knew yeah you you thought you had I it in the bag and then it just kind of like changed on you and it just the look of just utter horror I was like ah oh, this because I was rooting for you to be honest with you like mm-hmm. I wanted you to win and I'm like oh she's got this she's got this I'm like she was totally you know she played a good game because here's the thing I vote on gameplay like anybody can like the winner god bless her super nice girl she kind of rode it out and got lucky a couple times but you were playing the game like you knew when you had to stab people in the back you knew when you had to make certain alliances you knew what you needed to do to get to like the next level like okay i've got to get through this challenge so yeah i might have to throw this person under the bus but it's going to get me to you know next week and she was just kind of willy-nilly whatever and she won but i was like but yeah but no like you play the game you just kind of got by does that make sense so Mm -hmm. yeah 
That yeah. was my favorite thing. That and I just like the first season. I love the mix, and also on top of that, one of my favorite moments. You guys had the best nerd anthem. I mean, "Talk Nerdy to Me" is a song like I could hear on Top Forty Radio right now and be like, "That's a good <laughs> song." You. The other two songs from season two, season three, yeah, not player. Mm. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna turn it on like XL one hundred six point seven or something. Be like, "Hey, that, that's like a catchy pop song." It's like, no. But, but "Talk Nerdy to Me," like that when you guys jumped out of the bushes in season three, like I yeah, almost, I almost so broke fun. a pint glass doing that. <laughs> I was like, holy crap! Like, I didn't think that was going to happen. I'll tell you, that was so stressful because I was like working challenges at the time. So I'm, I'm literally working 14 hour days going home and then like taping myself doing the dance and singing it to the right. other nerds because my bosses are like, you have to choreograph this, which I wound up not being the one to choreograph it. Like they changed their mind at the last minute. But it was so funny. And then you know, throwing everything down because that's when I was working on Murder at Nirvana, running to get dressed in the costume, jumping in, <laughs> doing it, then running back to work. It was kind of hilarious. Sleep. Well, I, I just thought Tiring, it was interesting. But it was so fun. And then all the people in season three said, like, most of the people that came out for that video actually flew themselves out there. They mm -hmm. were like, yeah, hey, they will you come out for this? And they're dying. like, yeah, and they yeah. drove down and flew, flew down. Like, that's commitment. So that's really it shows you how much the show means to them and means to all of us that we're all willing to go out on our own dime and do these things together and show up. So you now for the folks listening at home, what is the company that you work for? So I work for five by five media and we make King of Nerds in partnership with Electus and it's aired on TBS. And we, so today, yeah, no, that's good. We, we were talking to uh, Kayla LaFrance because she had yeah. uh, she had sent us. She's a big promoter of the show as well, obviously being on it and being uh -huh, the yeah. winner. But like she she's super into the Twitter, and she was like, "Hey, you know, hashtag, you know, because they're trying to get season four up and running." And obviously, you can tell us what you can what you know now, whatever in a minute. I don't yeah, we're gonna get to that. We'll that's, get to that yeah, in a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in a second. So you can percolate your yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like, so she's like, "Hey, you got the press nerds and all that stuff." And I, I went through and uh, it was someone's uh, Robert's birthday, and I, I made a. Uh, I did a press nerds of him in at the Shire, and uh, and I had I don't know, if, yeah, it was really really cool. But I had like the banner uh, that said uh, Happy Birthday instead of Happy Birthday Bilbo, it said Happy Birthday Robert, and it had his name and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I had the press nerds on there and all that stuff. But like, how do people? Is that still going on? The press nerd stuff? Can people still do that? Can they still hashtag yeah, and all we'll that? Yeah, do that. Yeah, we'd love to. I still Kayla does them, and a bunch of people still do them. I think they're so much fun. It was really cute. So let's keep it up. You know. Yeah. And We're I, still going on. And yeah. it, was, it was nice. Like, it was really nice. We did the interview with Kayla, and she was like, oh, you guys were so nice. And she's got her own <laughs> website called The Nights in Nirvana. And she, like, threw us on the website, and it's like, hey, this is a podcast you need to listen to. And that's why I think I love the show so much. You guys are so much of a family, and you're trying to help everybody. Like, you're like, you're a fan of the show. Let us help you, too, which yeah. I think is really, really cool. Yeah, because I mean, we're essentially think about it from TBS's standpoint. We, we we've been talking with TBS and everything, and they're yeah. like, "Hey, essentially, we're plugging the show, like we're advertising the mm -hmm. show for them." You know, like, "Hey, why should yeah. you?" You know, and, and interviewing people, and they've been really supportive and really you know awesome people to to work with and whatnot. And it's like, we're 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 on the edge of our seats, like seriously wanting to know if season four is going to happen. Like, I, I'm in, I'm in now. We're full in. Yeah. Like, I'm, we, I'm with you on the edge of my seat. <laughs> so you don't know anything as yet. Soon as 
I don't know anything. As soon as I know, the world will know. Because yeah. you don't know. I, I swear, I get asked every day because so many people love this show and so many people watch it. And I get asked every day and they're like, Jennifer, is it, do you know yet? Do you know yet? I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't. I wish I did. See, Trust I wish- me, I'd like to plan my summer because <laughs> I have Comic-Con tickets, right? I have co- tickets for San Diego Comic-Con and I, I only have a limited frame in which I can cancel them. But if I have to film usually we film during comic-con so right. come on and tell me if i need to cancel <laughs> well, or keep them the funny thing for everybody listening at home the behind the scenes when i set up the interview <laughs> with you i was saying i've got these dates <laughs> and you're like well i can't do these dates just in case if we're filming i'm gonna be busy yeah. so yeah. i need to block those out so let's do this date and i was like cool mm-hmm. um but i'm excited my only fear and concern is i as just a TV aficionado, especially from behind the scenes, like looking at what TBS has been doing lately in the direction, I think they're taking the station and doing more sports and things like that. I'm, I'm scared. Like just, I hope they bring it back. I think it'd be stupid not to, I mean, it gets some good ratings. That was the mm-hmm. best ratings that they've gotten in a while, especially they were yeah. on Friday nights. I mean, yeah. you know, air it on a Friday night. It doesn't cost you a lot of money to make. It gets you a good return. It gets you a lot of social media exposure. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a no brainer. It's a slam dunk, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of support within TBS. We're just, there's a couple key decision makers and we're waiting for them to decide. <laughs> We'll decide, yeah. darn it. Yeah, well, that was my... Get on, get on Team yeah, Nerd. Yeah, well, that was my question. Like, who is... Who, what's the ultimate decision maker? Like, that—that that is a one, one couple people that actually make that decision? Or is all the flooding of all the fans... Does that help? I mean, it's got to help a little bit, I guess. I think it's going to help a little bit if y'all are positive, And yeah. I think yeah. you could probably... You know, figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know that they've had <laughs> some big turnarounds in the yeah. in the like the upper yeah. management in the past like year or so. There's yeah. been a lot of you know people have kind of changed places, and there's kind of some mm-hmm. new figureheads there. So I know things in that regard have changed. I just noticed like they're doing a lot more sports, which I like sports. I'm a sports guy, so I'm not mad about that. But I'm like, well. I, I just think it, it, if they don't renew, it's a very big missed opportunity, in my opinion. I would 100% agree with that because we can only get better. I feel like it's a word of mouth show. The yeah. more we're on, the more people like it. It's gaining steam. And well, you've got yeah. such a spring well with Twitter and Facebook. Well, and I was like, going to say yeah. the same yeah. thing. It's like social media is as big as it's ever been, you know, yeah. like, I mm-hmm. mean, especially now, was it? 75% of, like, Twitter and Facebook is being watched on the phone now. Like, it's all on the go. Mobile yeah. and all that stuff. Emails are down on the – 75% of emails are down on the phone. Like, mm-hmm. people are on the go, and they want to see the updates and the tweets and the hashtags and, and all that stuff. It's really important. And, like, that's that's one of the things. Like, we're, we're just – we're the – in Polk County, we're the number one listened to Polk, uh, podcast in Polk, Polk County, County. But that's just Polk County, Florida. That's, like, in the middle of the state. Like, yeah. You know, and but the reason people even know we exist is because of hashtags, and people don't realize how powerful <laughs> hashtags are. Hashtags yeah. get you to other people. People search what you're looking for, and they see what you're looking for, and then you hashtag, and they retweet, and they reshare, and all that. And it's like this awesome organic thing that goes on when it comes to social media, and it's really powerful. And I, I think, you know, it's especially for this season of King of the Nerds, it's, I think it really helped out a lot. You know, um, so mm-hmm. yeah. we're we we got our fingers crossed. We yeah. we want it to happen. So me definitely, too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I really. I know so many people who work on the show, who love the show, who want it to keep going. And well, I also feel bad because there's a lot of people like, and people don't understand this when it comes to TV. Some behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like 
let's take Arrow as an example. You've got Stephen Amell. You've got the actors that are getting paid. But mm-hmm. There's a lot of people behind the scenes. There's yeah. the craft services guy. There's the guy that's working the mics, the boom mics. There's the guy that's mm-hmm. working the camera. There's a lot of little people that are counting these paychecks yeah. to pay the rent and feed their families. You know, Like hundreds of people. Exactly. So mm-hmm. TBS, don't turn down jobs for hundreds of people. <laughs> You should be a job maker, yeah. TBS. We love you, TBS, though. <laughs> TBS. We love you, TBS. But give we, us want some more. <laughs> we want more King of the Nerds, please. If you haven't heard, we, no. Uh, it's just TBS, be a job stimulator. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we, we love it. Um, we're going to take a small break. Yep. And when we get back, mm-hmm. we'll be talking more with Genevieve Peterson. And we're back with the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Of course, I got my main man, Hi. Deuce. Yep. And also, you hear that awesome uh, singing there in the background. We have Genevieve Pearson. Hi, and, everyone. And uh, <laughs> uh, I actually want to know more about you, actually. Yeah, so. we did 30 minutes of King of the Nerds, but now we want to know about you, the person. Like, what what are you into? What is, what is your nerd thing that got you to the show? Well, my nerd thing that got me into the show, I actually had a couple of things. I think my being president of my high school's quiz bowl team helped knowledgeable. Nice. <laughs> oh, sure. We're called yeah. IQ Joes. You know, nice. because knowing is half the battle. There you love go. It. Love course. it. That's <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's a t-shirt, the baking yeah. right there. Uh, yeah, I have that t-shirt, actually. Nice. <laughs> but um, I really love comics, and I'm especially a big fan of Batman, the animated series, or the Timverse, or yeah. DC Animated Universe, whatever you want to call it. So I kind of got brought on as the comic book girl, which was an interesting dynamic because there were two other comic book people, including another girl. But that's that was my specialty, and I don't know if you've seen my audition video, but you can see my my collection of comics there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have it. I have a pretty good, pretty good assortment. And that's basically, I love and know everything about Batman, the animated series. And I'm just love school. I was very good at school. (laughs) I was very academically inclined. So it's like, okay, I'll go for it. I was kind of partially, I was working from home at the time. So it was an easy, easy thing to do. Just send in an application and go for it. Oh, right but, what, yeah. Do, a, oh, do, and sorry. No, do you keep up with comics now? Um, a little bit, not as much because it got really expensive. Yeah, you know, when you and I'm a completist. So one of the things was like I got really into Buffy season eight. Yeah. But you know, they were releasing three variant covers every month, and I'm a completist, so I'd have to buy all three variant covers, and that would be ten dollars, and then everything else I bought. And you know, when you're living on a budget, that gets impossible. Yeah. Now I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to get back to reading them, but on my tablet. But it, it, it's kind of slow. I have to start finding what I like again. Well, and 
this is going to sound weird, but I, I do this thing where I meet people and I've been told before I could be like a profiler because I'm really good okay. at like looking at faces and being able to compare, you know, eye, mm-hmm. distance between eyes and, and mouth shapes and all that stuff. You know, and I don't know if you've gotten this before, but now that I'm like been talking to you on the, obviously the pull back the curtain, this is a Google Hangouts for you guys listening at home. So we're actually seeing Genevieve right now. Hey, <laughs> uh, you, you look kind of like Amy Acker a little bit. Have you ever been told that? <laughs> Oh, she okay. laughed, folks, if you couldn't hear. She's funny laughing. story. Funny okay. story. Cool. I was 18. Like <laughs> when I was 18 and Angel had come out and she just shown up on the show and people, I had my, whenever my hair was curly, she had the same hair and the same, I had the same glasses. It wasn't intentional. People would come up and mistake me for her all the time. Okay, Even so Washington State. <laughs> I'd be in Washington State and people would go, hi, um, are you that girl from Angel? Like, no, I'm in high school. Of course I'm not the girl from Angel. See, I'm not but the only it was one. It's really funny. You're not the only one. I always thought, you know, I I would kind of like if they ever did on Person of Interest that Root has a little sister. I'm like, yeah. look me up. Come yes, on, yeah. I can play Root's little sister. It it's would be so, so much fun. It's just, but, and the thing is, I, I think it's, I, I, I say I have a gift. My wife says I'm just delusional. <laughs> but like, I, <laughs> but I have this thing where I can just, I can match and, and like see features and, and, and likenesses mm-hmm. between people. Like, I don't know. I, I, I do it, I, I do it like I try not to like, I, I do it subconsciously. And then all of a sudden it'll like, it's like, hey, Johnny. Tell her she looks like Amy Acker. Hey, Johnny. And like, it's like someone knocking at the door in the back of my brain. Like, I do this all the time. And sometimes people are like, yeah, I get that a lot. Or sometimes they're like, wait a second. Or maybe I do. And then, and then it gets a shock. And then the like, whole world opens up. But like, I think it's really cool. Because I feel like we all have always all of us have like a doppelganger out, a doppelganger out there. Yes. And uh, like in certain lights, I look like Ben Affleck. And especially the one from, was it Chasing Amy when he has the goatee? Yeah. I think a little bit. Yeah, chasing so, it. Yeah, young, yeah. younger yeah, version. Yeah, so it's like I, I, I see it sometimes, and sometimes I'm like, no. And then because I have a cleft chin like he does too when I have no facial hair. So it's like, I'm like, all right, interesting, you know. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I see that all the time with people, and I always love watching those documentaries online <laughs> where people that was it celebrities where they're trying to look like some other celebrities. Like MTV mm-hmm. had, like, a, a reality show where the people are trying to look like someone else or whatever. Oh, plastic surgery and stuff? I don't know if it was plastic surgery, but they were, like, trying to match people that look like other celebrities. And I always thought that was mm-hmm. kind of fascinating because I've, I've known people all the time that get you know i have a friend that looks just like uh sam samwise Gamgee from lord of the rings sean astin i have a friend that looks just like <laughs> sean astin he's a little bit bigger but like he would go, uh-huh. he'd go to downtown disney all the time and he'd be like oh my god it's sam and people come in and want to get his autograph and picture and he's like no 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 i'm not him and, and then sometimes just for fun he'll pretend like he is you know, uh-huh. it, it kind of gives you an ego oh. boost a little bit, you know. But I was like, it just oh, that's that's bad juju right there. That's bad. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but it's really really funny. I don't know because like, it's that's the thing with television is like you watch people on TV and yeah. I, I, I told the story on the podcast, but like when we were meeting uh, Rachel and Ori and everyone uh, at MegaCon. Like, people look a little different in person than they do on television. I don't know if it's because of mm-hmm. lighting and all that stuff. So Deuce came up, and he, he's in his big happy hour shirt, and he's giving me a big hug. And I'm like, where's everybody at? And then, of course, Rachel decided to cosplay. So that's one of the first things. I didn't recognize her. She's all, he had, like, her contacts and all this stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just like you have this reality, this perception. When you see someone on television mm-hmm. and we see them in person, they look a little different, you know? Like, I yes, told the story. Definitely. I'm going to tell the story again because it's really funny. Oh, Cliff notes it. Cliff notes it. I, I used to work at a guitar shop in downtown Disney called the mm-hmm. Guitar Gallery. 
And I had this guy come in, and he, he he looked familiar. I'm like, who is this? And he comes in, and he's playing a guitar, and a good-looking dude. He had a blonde on his mm-hmm. shoulder and everything, and his arms mm-hmm. and whatnot. And he and he walks out, and my manager goes, "Holy crap, that was Uncle Jesse." I'm like, "Full house?" He goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Oh my god, Uncle Jesse just came in our shop, you know." And he and he and, and it is so weird because like you're doubting yourself when you see a celebrity. Mm-hmm. You're like. Is that really that person? No, they just look like that person. And it's so weird how your brain kind of shuts down. I don't know if you've had an experience meeting a celebrity yeah. before. but Well, you know what? So I I love movies. If my, my second nerdy passion would definitely be movies, action movies. I mean, obviously, I, I work in the industry. And I really wanted to write action movies. So I got an internship at Lightstorm, which is Jim Cameron's company. Because wow. I love aliens. I love Terminator 2 really just wanted to work with him. Well, every picture I had seen with Jim Cameron was Jim Cameron on set. So he always had like a heavy beard and looked really tired. You know, that was Jim Cameron on set. Yeah. I was working there one day and this really nice gentleman comes in and he's chatting with us and he's just there and he's really, he has a ton of charisma and he's really smart. And he's like talking to another one of the interns in Russian and talking about his next expedition. And they're like, that's great. That's great. And I'm just sitting there chit chatting with him. And then he leaves and I was like, I go to my boss. I'm like, oh, that guy is really nice. Who's that? And he's like, Genevieve, that that was Jim. I was like, what? He's like, that was Jim Cameron. I'm like, I, oh, I mean, obviously I hadn't been working there very long, but he had shaved and he was tired, you know, nice and rested and happy seeming. So he seems like a totally different. And I just always kind of assume, because you always hear these onset horror stories that it'd be really kind of a jerk, yeah, maybe, yeah. or gr- at, at the least a gruff. gruff. He was yeah. completely, he was completely, totally friendly person. So, so he was more. I was, uh, wasn't what I was expecting. He was more James Cameron Titanic than James Cameron uh, Avatar <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. James Cameron looks, back in the day. Looks wise, yes, yeah. but yeah. this was right before we started doing Avatar. I was offered. My boss was like, Genevieve, if you keep working here, you can work on this new movie we come, have coming up. It's really cool. It's called Avatar. And it's like, <laughs> I have to go to college. Well, I guess yeah. speaking of movies, like what, what, what have you seen this year that you've liked? What, what's something that you've enjoyed? Oh, my gosh. Mad Max Fury Road, of oh, course. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it so bad. <gasps> it, it's good, I'm going to really see reviews. it again this weekend. I'm going to see Sorry. it again this weekend. That's how much I loved it. And I hard, I never see movies twice anymore. I loved it that's what a lot of people are saying and it's the highest reviewed movie on rotten tomatoes which is my go-to site for you know reviews and stuff uh and i think they like it too whoever someone else chiming in the background the pup 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 -pup liked it too so there you go fury road they like it yeah that's my little dog winnie have you seen have you seen edge of ultron yet yes I haven't okay. seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Do saw it already. Yeah, I saw it. So spoiler free, obviously for the audience at home, I hasn't mm-hmm. seen it. Uh, how Are would you, you? Com- how would you compare it to the previous film? So initially, my first impression was that I liked it better than the first one because I felt it was a little tighter and I just felt more engaged. The first one felt like it had a lot of superfluous action sequences, whereas this one only had one action sequence that I thought was shoehorned in as opposed to something like three action sequences that were shoehorned into the, so that, that I liked, uh, you know, but the farther away I get from it, the more annoying and the more I think about the story, do you ever have that? That the more you think about the story, the more annoyed you you get with it. Yeah. I I haven't seen it a second time. I only saw it once Uh because I I have a rule and and this can sound so (laughs) stupid. 
I will see a movie once in the theater, and if I really, really like it, if I don't go and see it in the movie theater a second time, I'll buy it on Blu-ray. Because I mm-hmm. never buy movies anymore. Because right. I got Netflix. I'm like, why buy yeah. movies if I got Netflix? So right. if I don't go and see it a second time, my reward is I'll go buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray. So I haven't seen it a second time, but the further I get away from it, the more I think I like the mm-hmm. first one. More yeah. Because yeah. it was so original. Like That was like, oh my god, this is the first time we've had all mm-hmm. these different people from, from different place. movies in one place. And because... It's the second time doing it. You've really, it's hard to uh, put lightning in a bottle twice. You know? Well, and I think what happened is it wasn't true to any of the characters. No. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, it was, people are mad at Black Widow justifiably. But if you look, like, there is a similar problem, I think, with Hawkeye and with Captain America, where they'd all have at least one moment that seemed really kind of of out of place and out of character for who they were. And you're like, why is that here if you don't understand? So there wasn't really an internal consistency within the film in regards to the actual universe and the canon or anything like that. And that bothers me. It bothered me too. My justification for it is I said that some of those out of character moments may be leading up to something in another film. Yeah. And that was yeah. my only justification for it. I'm like, okay, we're mm-hmm. going to find out like in, in Civil War or what, or Infinity maybe Wars. Infinity Wars or something else. Okay, why they did that. And that was out of character. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I could think. Cause no, I'm right there with you. Like every single person had one, one scene where you're like, nah. Seems well, a little off. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not getting yeah. that. Yeah. Let, let's give like, Josh Sweden some credit though, because like he obviously you mentioned uh, Allison Hannigan earlier, so I assume mm-hmm. you're a, a Josh Sweden fan, correct? Yes. 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 So Josh Sweden had never really had a budget like this ever. Like he was always a small time, mm-hmm. low budget guy, and like he was the more of the niche guy. <laughs> like people are like mm-hmm. Josh Sweden did Buffy and Firefly, and Firefly obviously yeah. is that that swan song like people were like always going back to firefly as like the and they want that back and and you know he had that bad luck of you know getting stuff canceled you know uh, firefly and dollhouse and like dollhouse had some really good potential i never i wish he would have had another season to really kind of develop that show i'm not gonna yeah. lie i'm super surprised he got the season two on that when they said we're getting a season two of, fire, of dollhouse i was like what yeah, so, like well, it was awesome. <laughs> I loved it, but well, I was like, no way. And, and let's be honest too. Uh, Fox goes, hey, we're cutting Dollhouse out, and Sarah Sarah Connor Chronicles, the Terminator one, the show. Both of those mm-hmm. shows got knocked out because of Glee. Glee came in. Glee was a new dog, the new big house, and they're like, hey, Glee's gonna sell and have a lot more people following than the niche Josh Sweden show. And then what does Josh Sweden do? He puts out at the time, the third highest grossing film of all time, Avengers. Now mm-hmm. no one will say no to Joss Whedon. And, of course, he's had his hand, and we're, I'm preaching to the choir here. You love Joss Whedon. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, this is a conversational yeah. podcast. We love talking about, and we love geeking out, obviously. We're on a well, nerds, so. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I totally agree. And it's kind of this weird, I think he has this weird situation where you become really well known for being an awesome writer so yeah. people don't want to edit you because the better you are at something the less people want to edit you i mean i think jk rowling kind of ran into that problem with her later books which they were all really good but they could have maybe been edited down a yeah. bit like deathly hollows was kind of slow so he had that problem but at the same time i felt kind of a lot of sympathy for him because marvel studios seems to be very I don't want to say controlling, but controlling. So I wonder how much 
he had, you know, certain, because if you look at pre-production, especially, it seems like things are going in a very different direction with some characters and then they got steered. So it almost seems like Marvel handed down a few edicts of like, look, we have to include this. We have to include that. And that maybe he's sort of struggling with how to work it. So, you know, that's, that's one possibility. The other possibility I want to add to that is this, because, A, number one, I'd love to see what's the movie started with and what's the movie ended with. Yeah. And two mm-hmm. is he also knew this is his, like, bow out. Like, he knew right. after this he's not doing Infinity Awards 1 and 2. Somebody else is. So he, mm-hmm. you know, when you're getting a good paycheck and you know that they're going to have you on is like, because trust me, he's going to be able to look at the script and give notes and get a nice paycheck for that for the Infinity Wars movies. Uh, he's going to be on hand and kind of be a, a producer, if you will, for Marvel in the future. Like they're going to go to him to talk to him about stuff. So when you know that and you know you're getting those big paychecks, sometimes it's better just not to rock the boat. Sometimes it's like, you know what? Okay, yeah. this is what they want. Let's give them what they want. I'm going to still do a good job. I'm not going to half-ass it. But right. let me just do what they want, get my paycheck, and I know I've got better paychecks coming down the line. Does that make and sense? Then I, yeah, then you know you're going to get your money and you yeah. can go make the movie that you want to make in your yeah. basement. Hopefully Firefly 2 where Wash is resurrected, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's bringing in the Lazarus pit. That's the word of but the can we can we talk about shows that were heartlessly axed by Fox? Because let's get, sure. have you ever seen let's Drive? Drive was amazing. I love Drive. That is the only show that's ever showed Lake Wales, Florida on TV. It was awesome. I love that show. Why did they kill it? Just because, you know, Mal was also in that film. Why does Fox kill everything? And you want to talk about a show that was just getting good? True Calling, which is kind of weird. But it finally, like, the, the last half of that season finally was like, oh, I like where this is going. This is getting really interesting. Yeah. They brought in a nemesis, and then they're like, oh, canceled. Well, it seems Sorry. like whenever something starts firing on all cylinders, if it's anything mm-hmm. genre-related, Fox is like, yeah. no, I've got to smother it with a pillow. Like, <laughs> no, you can't live. Yeah. It's like a, it's like one of those Munchausen by proxy moms. You're prettier than me. Go yeah, into exactly. your room. Yeah, bye exactly. Bye. You gotta wonder too. Like, there's speaking of shows that get canceled. Like, it's not always Nielsen ratings either, or Nielsen plus no. three or plus five or whatever the the system is now. Like, cause there's a show called Jericho that came out. I was at CBS. CBS. I saw that. Yeah. Jericho was fantastic, and people uh-huh. were watching it. Why did yeah. it get canceled? I don't know, and they don't have an answer. And now Netflix is trying to work with them to get a, a season or whatever, because there's a huge fan base for that show. For the right, I mean, it's a great show. A lot of people. It is a good people, show. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people didn't get to watch it though, especially was it season two or whatever it was. This, uh, this might surprise you. I'm I'm a big fan of post-apocalyptic everything. That's why my books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the two books, Song of the Silver Tongue, which are about the apocalypse. So uh, I love post-apocalyptic stories. Well, so I will watch it. Well, I I think we're lucky because we live now in the Netflix generation to where yes. things can get a second life, like Arrested Development, yeah. and you know that there are shows that would never have gotten a second life, but you know Netflix gives them a second life now, and it's an option. Like 
I, I've heard multiple times shows will get canceled. And they're like they're shopping it to other networks and they're shopping it to Netflix. Let's talk about Constantine real quick. Yeah, uh, I love Constantine the show. The show there was a lot of things going against yeah. it. The time slot that it was in and it was like Friday nights at like ten o'clock. Yeah, like no one was watching shows that late at night. Yeah. People were out partying doing stuff. It was Matt Ryan who played Constantine. Spot he on. He nailed like the comic Hellblazer. Yeah. Like I'm talking about right. the Constantine from the comics. He nailed. So all this like comic book geeks that read the 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 graphic novel growing up yeah. were like, this is this guy nailed it, and he's awesome. And I think the problem is is you know who are you trying to cater that show to? Because like especially ten o'clock at night, you know, uh, it's really dark. Pretty graphic too, some really bloody, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that was a problem that NBC had with Hannibal. Yeah. Hannibal, Hannibal had some issues too because it got really, really dark, really, really graphic, and and it was disturbing some people. Mm-hmm. And other thing is like when you make a show for people, yeah, go ahead. You're... Oh no! Oh yeah! No. So one of the things, though, but with Constantine, I'll disagree that I don't think it failed because it was dark. I think it was failed because they couldn't find an actress who had good chemistry with him, who was a good actress. Yeah. Because they, they started like, with the first one, and they got rid of her from the pilot, and they got the yeah. new one. And, and she, she was really did a awkward. little bit better, but not much. But not much. I would yeah. have almost said just don't have a female actress. Just have the two guys and let them go. Do, I agree. Uh, look at Supernatural. I mean, that's a prime example. Yeah. There has hardly ever been a strong female that goes up ag- against the two of them that works so they just kind of rotate yeah. them out you know well and supernatural the fans notoriously hate women like because it's all girl fans and they don't want anybody you know interfering with their boys which is hilarious to me well, by the way Deuce and I are the only male but, males that watch supernatural is that true no, is that what you're trying to say <laughs> i think it's i think just it's one of the few shows where it's majority women watch it or true, at least the vocal fans are females true, true. That, yeah. like, that makes sense. no i but, agree the really, the really ones. Um, but it's so funny. I, I agree, basically, is what I'm saying, yeah. that they should have just taken out the girl character and just had yeah. a new girl in every episode. And yeah. until, you know, maybe they'd find one that stuck and matched the vibe and had good chemistry, and then they could have kept her Or maybe they around. gave one, like, a three-episode arc. But you got to remember, yeah. you're writing a show. You've only got 13 episodes. You don't need a... You know the guy that was with him, the taxi cab driver. I'm forgetting his name. He was yeah. cool. Like I loved him. Good he, was great. Yeah. he had a cool backstory yeah. too. You got to see. He was yeah, like he Lazarus, did. basically. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. You know, so, you felt for his character. And yeah, like, every time he died, he had. I mean, he had to make that like, choice. No. Yeah, and he had, yeah. Like, there was. I felt like with Constantine, like it was. Just, it was one of the best shows you weren't watching. That's why I kind of felt like. Yeah. It. it was like it was on, and everyone was watching Arrow and Flash, which we'll get into in a little bit. But it's like you know, you you have Constantine, and Constantine was kind of like that you know redhead stepchild yeah yeah and i felt like the show pulled elements of stuff i don't know how many times i was watching it with my wife and i go dude they're in a graveyard it looks just like something from buffy like they had to pan the shot and go up into the you know the crematorium or whatever and i'm like oh that's something that joss whedon wouldn't do and and like i was fanboying over the show because of not only the show itself but like the way it was shot the way the music all that stuff was fantastic. Like you had, you had Bear McCreary, who who is a composer for. I'm a big film score TV. Outlander. Film. Yeah, Outlander and Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. And he, did the, you know? Did you know he tweeted me? Did he really? What, what did he tweet you? I'm excited. I said Bear McCreary must really be excited to finally have a chance to use legitimately use bagpipes in a show. No shit, he's right? Outlander, right? Because yeah. <laughs> he was. He puts them in everything. It's like, oh, <laughs> uh, this show is gonna be about Nebraska and shucking corn. Bagpipe time. It's like, <laughs> and it's in the eighties, and it's yeah. like a nineteen eighties film, yeah. 
and he he tweeted me back. He's like, "You bet I was." Or something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. I love. I see. I and I I get off on tangents about music because yeah. I, I, music's a big part of my life, and I feel like. You know, with that show, like he wrote the main theme or whatever for Outlander. He does the full score for Outlander, mm-hmm. but I think they had a different composer come in on Constantine and and Same, do, yes, yes. So it's 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 really for Same. me. I feel like it captivates you. It can pull you into the moment. Like there's a, but yeah. I understand not everyone is as involved with film score as I am. Like I get to the point where I listen to the soundtrack. Like I'm listening to the Outlander soundtrack just as a standalone mm-hmm. listen in my car. Like I I love yeah. for what it is. You know, like. He's awesome. I, I love, well, I do a lot of writing. So I, I write young adult novels and I always have a whole playlist of different scores to suit my mood so that when I'm trying to get in the zone. <laughs> yeah, virtual high five. When I'm trying to get, so I have like angry music. I'm like, okay, this is what I put on when my character is angry and I have action <laughs> adventure scores. And like, of course, action adventure scores are mostly Willow. And <laughs> sci-fi scores and that kind of thing, and I love it. I lo- I have scores for everything. Who's your favorite composer? I get I get that question a lot because you know because you like it. You well, like I like it, but I I know a lot of composers. So the thing is, uh-huh. like the, the 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 typical answer that people you know John Williams obviously he is like mm-hmm. the Godfather in my opinion. Like you know he his music. He started from a jazz program back in the day, the mm-hmm. Boston Pops, right? So, like, he, he had a lot of film th- uh, music theory behind him. So he's not like the typical film composers now. He's one of the old-school film composers that actually had a completed product that he would score to at the end. Mm-hmm. As There's a cat right in front of us. Hello, <laughs> Kitty. <laughs> yeah. Hello. She, she loves walking in front of my computer. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, but uh like so like he but nowadays things are so fast and upbeat and all that there's the tail that you know a lot of composers will take pieces and then and the score to that because they only have so much time to do it so i feel like with him like he he you know he's done so many iconic themes like a good sign of a good composer is that you can hum the themes and look at all the themes, mm-hmm. Superman, Indiana Jones, I mean, and so on. Like, And he's in his yeah. mid-80s, and he's composing the score for uh, The Force Awakens, which is amazing to, for, for me to think that. But like, when it comes to up-and-coming scores, uh, composers that I love, I love Michael Giacchino, uh, who mm-hmm. I think is like on the He's on call, I think, for Star Wars because, like, he's worked <laughs> with J.J. Abrams forever. And those listening at home, yeah. he won an Oscar for Up, which is one of the best movies ever made, in my opinion, uh, for Pixar's Up. Uh, excellent film. But he won an Oscar for that. And he's a great composer. And he's he comes from that Williams-esque chain of mind. And, and I love uh, Craig Armstrong, who uh, composed for, uh, was it uh, Moulin Rouge? He did stuff for mm-hmm. uh, the... Uh, Ed Norton's uh, The Incredible Hulk he did that which is excellent um, and like so like I like di- uh, John Powell who did uh, How to Train Your Dragon score mm-hmm. uh, I did the Born Identity scores like there's a there's a Brian Tyler's the main guy I'm super into Brian Tyler does a lot of the Marvel films now like he did the Thor of the Dark World he actually composed a Marvel Studios Suite score which was introduced uh, in Iron Man 3 so like sorry I go off on tangents but I, I love <laughs> film scores I'm so geeky into this but the thing is I can count on five you know, my one hand, how many people I know that I can talk to about film scores. So it's like, oh. I never get an opportunity because it is a kind of niche thing, like super niche. It like. is a really, you would get along really well with my friend, Mac Elder, because he's the same way. He knows all of them. So I should put you guys in touch. You should, you should. I, so he, 
I walked down the aisle to the Rocketeer score. Nice. James Horner. He came up to us afterwards and he's like, oh my God, the Rocketeer. Like you're the only person in the audience who would recognize James Horner, baby. Yep. James Horner. I love James Horner. My favorite's Hans Zimmer. And I also like Gad Emil Zaitun, who is an up and comer. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's my friend from USC. So I have to drop his name. But he's he's starting to do secondary scoring with like Hans Zimmer, and I think he's going to be the next big thing. But well, we'll see. I think Hans Zimmer, like I, what I appreciate about Hans Zimmer is like he, he mm-hmm. he's taken several composers under his wing, like Harry Gregson Williams, yeah. and John Powell, and like he's taken and he's kind of molded and shaped the kind of like the future of film composers, you know. And I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Like he's he's very big into that. Uh, when it comes to Hans Zimmer, though. Personally, there's like he. I used to love him. I, I felt like a lot of times he's just kind of on cruise control. Like, I I can just go. I do can this see stuff. that sometimes. Yeah, cause I like, can see that. But I, what I like is that he does still pull out scores that sound radically different. Does that make sense? Like using different instruments and sure. different sounds yeah. versus something. I, I love John Williams, but you know if he uses the same orchestration a lot. Right. Then I kind of get like okay. Yeah. So I like hearing different kinds of sounds. Yeah, I'll well, send you. I can we'll, see you getting quiet. Well, I will. I will send you. Uh, and I'm, this isn't a film score yeah. topic now, but I'll send you because I know not everyone at home wants to listen to this. You know what I'm saying about this. <laughs> but I'll send you some of my favorite stuff, and we'll, we'll trade mm-hmm. like scores we like. So yeah, thanks okay, for okay. indulging there, because I, I I like to <laughs> talk about this. So Deuce is like, oh, I'm checked out on this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> and now I have the Outlander theme in my head oh, and singing so it to myself. Outlander is the best show. Outlander is fantastic. That's good. You sing too. That's excellent. I love it. She's a very good singer. That's really good. Be I. Yep. Keep going now. <laughs> That's about all really of that song I can get through because the rest of it I can't understand. Like I, I think it's very pretty, but like that those are like the only bars of the song I can sing. She sailed she sailed for a day over the sea to sky. Yeah. Well, see. that's the one at the very end. That's the one I get, but there's some stuff yeah. in the middle. Oh, okay. So cuz okay. I I get the stuff in the beginning and it's stuff in the middle. Because that's my that's my Saturday night jam is watching <laughs> Outlander. I watch that with a nice uh, bottle of scotch, Outlander. and I remember like at least a good fifty percent of the episode. <laughs> that's about all you need to remember. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, it's always a uh, Captain Jack Black is a dick, and yeah. Jamie is basically Deuce incarnate. Like he's basically <laughs> Deuce in a kilt because it's like. Yep, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm totally going to get my ass whooped, but I'm going to do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, Jamie's like the chronically, he does dumb things, but his heart is in the right place. Yep, that's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Deuce. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do the right yeah. thing. I'm going to get my shit whooped, but uh, totally, I'll do the right thing just because. Uh, Claire, Claire's so kind of the same way. I mean, if we had a dollar for every time Claire ran impulsively into trouble, We'd be and you're like, God, Claire, yeah. just look around Let it go, and Claire. recognize, hey, yeah. stop getting captured. It's all right. Oh, what I'd like to tell Claire is, hey, Claire, read the room. Read the room. It's like, it's like, oh, nobody around here likes you. And you're like, you know what? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, crap. Like, now you're totally going to go to jail. I, I love watching the first three episodes with my husband. And he's like, oh, Genevieve, that's so you. Yeah. Every time she opened her mouth and everybody glares at her. <laughs> but that's totally it. Because she's just like. Read the room, man. Just read the room. Just I think, do. Come on, man. I feel like we're in a renaissance now when it comes to television mm-hmm. because, like, you, you look at all these amazing 
original programming and how we talked about Netflix earlier. You know, Netflix is just knocking it out of the park. You know, with Daredevil, yeah. Orange is the New oh Black, my gosh. And I House love of Daredevil. Cards, and like, I love Orange Black. Oh, that's my jam. I just started it. Oh, it's so good, good. news. I yeah. love it. It's so great. And what season three is coming up soon, right? I think season three is yeah. June eighteenth. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. Wait, are we talking about Orange is the New Black or Orphan Black? Orange is the New Black. Okay, Orange is New Black. All right, just making sure. <laughs> okay, yeah, Orange is New Black is fantastic, and uh, Orphan Black that. is pretty damn good. Too. I've never just, seen Orphan Black. Oh, it's good stuff. It's is it on good? BBC America. Okay. It's like the only show that they actually make. It's like we just show Doctor Who all day, and then we show this one show like once every six months. That's completely bizarre. Yeah, it's I know. A bizarre show. It but is, it's but it's a great show because it's one of those uh, like, and that's the thing like. This season, I've been saving them all in my DVR box, and it, this Saturday might be the Saturday because I'm like five episodes deep. I won't uh -huh. watch it unless I've got like three or four episodes in my box. <laughs> it's like if I can't shotgun them, I don't want to deal with it. Like it's like no, I'm not watching it week to week. I can't handle that. Yeah, I've got to do like three or four in a row for sure. Well, that's what we were we're having a conversation with Rochelle. That's what she does. She marathons everything she watches. Like she says, like mm -hmm. if it's yeah. on, I'll wait for the whole season to be up, and I'll just sit through in one sitting and watch everything. I'm just like, wow, mm -hmm. that's the Netflix effect now. I love how Netflix just drops everything, and you can watch it at your own time. You're not having to yeah. wait week to week because. I don't know, like my wife and I, we watched, we were trying to catch up on season four of uh, Game of Thrones, and we were like, all right, so we're going to watch, or, see, or yeah, the finale of season four. We we're like, all right, so we had 39 episodes to watch, and we watched it for <laughs> 10 days. We watched 39 episodes. It was insane. And, and the cool thing about watching shows that back to back to back is like you retain everything. Like I remember everything, because there's times where. We were, Deuce, you and I were talking about uh, season five, the pilot or of season five, and we we're yeah. like, what? That's when Orion and Rochelle was down yeah. because they watched it with us and we had the right. live episode. But right we couldn't remember what because it's been a while since season four. We're like, I yeah. don't remember this. Who is this again? And you have to like, kind of like retrain your brain. Like, this is what's happening, you know. And that's what I love about Netflix. You can just go, all right, I'm going to absorb this all at once or at my own time, at my own pace. That so. Wikipedia is really good for that too because sometimes like I'll miss something and I'm like, let me Wikipedia this, and I'll be damned. Like the most obscure show Wikipedia's got it on there. It's like really. Yeah. I mean, they've got like huge wikis on shows. I was like, that well, show that's what I do. Season. That's what I do for shows I don't really want to watch, like Mad Men, and everyone's talking about them. So I'll just look it up. I'll I just fell, read I it. fell asleep. I fell asleep during Mad Men. I, you, I can't. you shush your mouth. You need to. You, no, 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 no. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm you, you need to watch. It's, it's, so, you. it's so good. I watched the first season of Mad Men, and oh man, I fell asleep. So I'm with so you. Hot. I'm with you, Genevieve. Okay, maybe, I, maybe I'm not. Yeah. I'm checked out on Mad I'm, Men. I'm old school, and that's kind of like my generation. It's like you know, you could drink at work, you could smoke all the time. You know, you you you, you might have messed around a little bit. Like I, I could dig it. Like I, this is a show that had my name written all over. Right, I want something more with more. <laughs> substance i guess so yeah that's why i loved it i it like action show. yeah yeah there's not much action in mad Men. it's totally a drama it's all about the character development and yeah if you're an action person that's that's not the show for you there's not a car chase at least once per season <laughs> yeah. i don't know if it's gonna <laughs> which speaking of car chases and fox killing yeah. our shows what about uh almost human that oh that killed me Oh, oh, with uh, Carl Urban, the hardest. The hardest man. Right. Man I didn't history. watch. I didn't watch that show specifically because I knew it, it had to die in the mind. You're like, no, nope, it's gonna it. die. I'm, like, I'm not nope, getting nope. emotionally invested. Sorry, guys. And people are like, no, it's good. I'm like, it was nope, so Fox good. will kill it. Yeah. They That's will so kill sad. it so because sad. 
I feel like there's one person in Fox who's in charge of green lighting and another person who's in charge of cancellation. And they wow. hate each other. The green lighter loves, yeah, and they hate each other. And I'm thinking like, the, the green lighter. The green lighter must have uh, cheated on the red lighter's w- wife or something. And this is yeah. just the total like, no, f you, f you, dude, no, cancel, <laughs> exactly. cancel. And that's exactly why he does it, just because like something bad happened to each other. I just, I just see him like sitting there and being like, oh, so you like the show, do you? Ha ha ha. Oh, so you're emotionally attached, are you? But I- axe. They're yeah. in the same Good. fantasy football league. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. They play yeah. fantasy football together. That's what it is. Yeah. They hate each other. <laughs> I do think a lot of you know networks are under pressure, though, under fire more because of the insurgence of HBO yeah. Now and you know Hulu yeah. Plus and Amazon and uh, uh, Netflix and all that. You have all these shows that – you, you know, you pay a subscription. And I think a lot of models, like CBS is wanting to do that subscription model now, the $6 a month, you can get shows and whatnot. Yeah. And I think a lot of shows are going to eventually gravitate, gravitate towards that a subscription-based model. Yeah. There's people who can take stuff in bite-sized chunks if they want. They don't have to be committed to a DVR box, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Well, I think that's where the industry is going. Everything's kind of more, you know, Deuce and I. And, yeah. You know, we're, we're from that generation that loves tangible media. Like, we love to collect things. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, the, either you have that gene in you or you don't. Either you love to collect yeah. stuff or you don't, yeah. right? So it's like, you know, I see you have books behind you. I imagine you love to read, right? You like to collect books still? I love. I will. This is what I'll do is I'll read it on my Kindle. And then if I really love it, I'll go buy it in a nice print, like a nice paperback or hardback. So I have it and I can think about it and think, oh, or re- if I think I'm going to reread it, I'll buy it in paperback. That's but for the first time I read it, it's usually on um, Kindle because it's so much easier. I mean, my house Plus is it's tiny. Way cheaper, isn't it? Yeah, like, it is if usually you buy like a like a book like on the Kindle, it's like a dollar, two dollars well, in a paperback. Yeah, like I mean, if or it's something. yeah, if it's an Indian publisher, it'll probably be about two bucks. You know, Amazon's price fixing like crazy, so the main publishers are not well. Amazon's not the main publishers are price fixing, so their yeah. their Kindles aren't that much cheaper, but it's still. You know, it's like four bucks cheaper. So that's yeah. that adds up. Yeah. If you're a person who's a copious consumer, that adds up. Yeah. 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 No, I get that. I'm just I, – I, I don't have like a Kindle on an iPad. And plus <laughs> like I'm super like I want to touch it. So like if mm-hmm. I get a book, I want a paperback so I can hold it. Same thing with like comic yeah. books. Like they've got Marvel – I think it's like Marvel <laughs> Unlimited and yeah. DC's got one where you can get all the comic books on your iPad. But I want to buy the weekly issues. I want to go to my comic book store and support it and things like that. So I I haven't gone that route. And a lot of it has to do with me just being old grumpus, I guess. Because I just want to touch it. I want to touch it and smell it. Kids these days. Yeah. Get off my lawn. So Genevieve, is there anything else you'd love to tell the listening audience at home before we uh, make our adieu? I know. Buy my books. They're on Amazon. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> Buy my books. Yeah, sure. I have books. What? I have books. Yes. Well, tell us your Amazon. Yeah, plug it. Plug Do it. it. Where can they find it? You can go to Amazon and search Genevieve Pearson, my name, to find my books, Song of the Silver Tongue, which are really exciting about the end of days coming to Texas, and only one girl could stop it. Can wow. stop the four hipster horsemen of the apocalypse. Is it really the four hipster horsemen of the yes, apocalypse? Yes, they're very hipster. Are they really? Do they drink apocalypse. like PBR it's and have like like TV. like uh, the like, pencil mustaches? They they have like the pencil mustaches and one they of them only dresses to like 
one of them dresses like Betty Page, so she only wears like black polka dot dresses, and she has a little black bangs and everything. She's like, well, no, tell me more. About, I want to know more about this. This sounds like the greatest story I've ever heard. So they drink PBR. They've got pencil thin mustaches. Betty Page is riding with them. It's super hot. Uh, they yeah. only listen to like Mumford and Sons. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So, yeah, so, so yeah, awesome. she's like this girl. I mean, I got inspired to write it when I was I was kind of stuck in Texas, Odessa, Texas, for about three months. So it's it's a little bit based on Why Odessa, were you stuck in Odessa, Texas for three months. That sounds like a good story. <laughs> well, we're, my husband's from Midland, Odessa area. He's from Odessa. Okay, you ever okay, seen Friday okay. Night Lights? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So we got out of film school and he was, we wanted to shoot a film, right? That's what they tell you to do. If you want to be a director, you've got to go make movies. Yeah. So we went to shoot a short film in Odessa with his brother and was, it turned out really cute. It's called Earthling, but it took us a couple of months. And while we were there and had this dream that about this girl who has to rescue her friend from the devil and the four horsemen of the apocalypse are trying to stop her, but they were all hipsters. And thus, I actually really like that. I think, I think with the four horsemen of the apocalypse really show up, they're probably going to be fucking hipsters. So, you know, I woke up and I was like, wow, that was a really, that was a fun dream. Maybe I should make a book out of it. So I did. I better write this down in my dream journal. (laughs) So it was a lot of fun, and you know, it's about this girl Kyrie, and of course, she's got some weird abilities. But she's kind of working at the Walmart super sitter type as a as a greeter, and she's tra- she's stuck there. So it's I about know. it's it's about loving and hating the small town you grew up in, really. Well, I know some of my favorite heroes worked at the Walmart super center, like Ash from <laughs> Evil Dead worked at the Esmart. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so exactly. sometimes it's the greatest place for a hero to come from, just a little yeah. no-name store that sells everything. But well, so like if you live in these story. little towns, you need a job. Where are you going to work? You're going to work at the Walmart, or you're going to work at the Dairy Queen. Yep. yep. Or true. the diner, or the bar. Or the Those diner, the only or the bar. You got. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe the strip club if you're really desperate. Yeah, true, yeah, true. Or the hair salon. Yep. Yep. And so that's that's kind of where we where we land with that and so i've got that i also have a, a pop my own podcast with curtis armstrong yes. you might know him as the host of king of the nerds so we have our own weekly podcast called in the company of nerds nice. so welcome to we'll now, cross promote we can going, have you on as guests we would love yeah. to be on as guests are you guys still doing it because I, I, yeah. I apologize i kind of thought it might be in hiatus because the show is off the air but no well, it's still we're, going we're every still, week yeah, we're still doing it. We're trying to do every week uh, this. He went to England, so we got kind of yeah. postponed. But we're going to do another this week on Terry Gilliam. Nice. So we had a spe- nice. so we had a special on Terry Pratchett. We had a special on comic conventions. Nice. So we're trying to cover a variety of nerd topics. And if you have suggestions for topics, we are open because that's usually we sit around for like hours. Like, what are we going to do next? Oh, see, <laughs> that's, that's the easy thing about our job. Like, I come over with a 12-pack of beer in like 10 minutes, yeah. I'm like, all right, we're ready to go. Like, we wrote down our three <laughs> topics. We're good. So we're, we're very quick at, at, at coming up with topics, but we would we would absolutely adore and love to be on the show. If you ever, <laughs> if you ever need special guests, we would ta- love to. I'll, we'll have to talk about it and figure out what, what our topic could be. Yeah. Because we always try and have something specific, like sure. top three favorite sci-fi films. Okay. And Ooh, very great. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Homework. Homework's yep. always good. Yeah. Yeah. You have, I mean, 
it's it's definitely a nerdy podcast because we usually do are like giving people homework. So this week you're going to be watching Terry Gilliam films. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, yeah. we'll totally do it. You give us a homework, yeah. we'll jump all over it because that was a fun thing in the pre-show meeting. Uh, it, it, you were like, "Hey, what do I need to do for homework?" And I'm like, "Nothing." Just like no, show up. Just show up. Yeah, if you want to have a beer or two beforehand, it probably wouldn't hurt. But I mean, like, like, there wasn't like any like real homework. I'm just like show up, be you, which is awesome. Yeah. So, so, so fun. We, and if you can't tell, we love to talk. So like yeah. we'd be right at yeah. home. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty much all we do. So one more time, the name of your book and the name of your podcast. Okay, my book is called The Song of the Silver Tongue, right by Genevieve Pearson. And my podcast is in the company of nerds on iTunes. And my Twitter handle is at Viv in the Valley. Awesome. Awesome. And we're going to put uh, links uh, to your book and the podcast in the description of our uh, our episode. So definitely stay tuned. Okay. And on the Facebook. All and on stuff. the Facebook and all yeah. that good stuff. Because we too. do all Perfect. the social media. Yeah, we're everywhere. Social <laughs> media. I think we even have like a Pinterest somewhere. And do I think, we? Yeah, I think we got like a MySpace and a, uh, what is it, a, a live journal. I think. We got a Frentress. Didn't we? That's like, yeah. See, okay, I'm going to tell you a secret that whenever I'm writing a new book or anything, I always start a Spotify playlist for it. And then I'm always kind of quietly hoping that my fans will notice because I, I make it public. I'm like, is somebody going to ask me about my latest project? And it never happens. Oh, but it's what, always kind of We're going to put that out there in the episode. I do that for so Pinterest. Somebody, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hopefully yeah. somebody will start picking up on it. See, that's yeah. the thing. Like, I never use any of that stuff. I wish I did because yeah. I like music. But it's like, fun. Yeah. It, it, it'd be neat to make my own It's an extra step. Other people could, like, listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, Gen- I- Genevieve, you've been a pleasure to talk to and Thank very charming me. and really funny and like Aww. super talented. And uh, you're a good friend. And we, we thank you, you guys are great, too. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it was no, a thank lot of you fun for coming on because really, this was like the highlight of my week. Like, yeah, we're yeah. excited. We're so. like, you got it on your calendar? I'm like, yep. All right. So we Dude, I've been up. looking forward to this shit yeah. for a month. So, like, I'm not even playing. I was like, hey. You know she's like next week, right? Like yep. get it together, buddy. Yep. Get it together. <laughs> yep. So yeah, Okay. So. All right. So we log out now? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, Genevieve. Have a great That's night. That's why I'm a nerd. I never know when to say goodbye. Okay. <laughs> because real nerds never want to say goodbye. That's, That's why. true. Oh. Okay. Have a good night, right, Genevieve. Night. Bye. Night. Bye. So that was our amazing interview with Genevieve so so nice go and check out her podcast with Curtis Armstrong go and check out her books on Amazon we'll have links in the description of the podcast so so. just go and check it out and of course this is a happy hour with Johnny and Deuce I got my main man Johnny with me and like as always there's a lot of ways you can find us you can hit us up on the Twitter machine at HH podcast show you can also hit us up at HH podcast show at gmail.com uh, Facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. Of course, go on iTunes and give us some ratings and reviews. We love it. Go yeah, on that- Stitcher. And of course, our main hosting is SoundCloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast. And remember you when you're. That too? Yeah, remember when you're talking about the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce? There's not one, not two, but trace ways to talk about us on the hashtag on the social media. It is hashtag happy hour podcast, hashtag HH podcast show, and hashtag deuces on the loose. Later. See ya.